While many people have been focused on viruses, bacteria, and mold, there are silent killers all around us. Perhaps you followed what happened in Ohio, where people are looking at the creek in East Palestine going, look at all these chemicals. Have you ever wondered about the nuclear power plants and where they put their waste? What happens when they decommission plants? Well, if you're living along the Hudson River, you're about to have a very, very bad experience. Or maybe you look up in the air and you see all of a sudden these contrails coming out and they don't look like what you would expect a plane's contrails to look like. They look like what people say are chemtrails. And there's been people that state, oh, chemtrails, that's not real. Put on your aluminum foil hat, except for the fact they are real. Stop gaslighting people about what's around them. There are silent killers all around you. And that's what today's show is about. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened here on the America Out Loud Network. I am your host, Greg Bolden. So glad that you are here. We are talking today about the dangers unseen around you, the things that you may not think about that could be killing you. And some of those things are uh, parts that companies are putting into the water supply, your air supply, and we do not give two thoughts about it but it is damaging on many levels. And this story comes to you today from an article that is talking about Holtec International. Now, Holtec International is a company founded by Chris Singh back in 1986. He's also a professor down in Florida, but he uh, oversees nuclear power and decommissioning uh, the Holtec nuclear power plants. There's one that is being decommissioned that has a bunch of uranium that needs some place to go. And so the Indian Point Nuclear Facility in Westchester County, uh, New York, is going to be needing to use that spent fuel and to get this radioactive waste somewhere. And so they decided that they were going to take one million gallons of radioactive waste and they're going to dump it into the Hudson River in New York. Let me repeat that again. They're going to take 1 million gallons of radioactive waste and they're dumping it into the Hudson River in New York State. Now, this comes on reports earlier back in February where Holtec International made that announcement that they were going to do it this summer. However, I'm hearing from people that at a hearing on February 2nd, officials announced that they were going to do it sooner. Uh, it was scheduled uh, possibly for as early as August 2023, and now it is sooner. So what does this mean to have radioactive wastewater put into uh, your drinking water supply, where things may be coming from that Hudson River? Well, one of the things that you need to know is radioactive waste is linked to cancer. The plant that they were closing, the Indian Point Power Plant, well, this thing closed all the way back in April of 2021. 
And so there is a uh, watchdog, Riverkeeper, and they're calling for a halt to all discharges from this plant. And that means that they need to store contaminated water safely in the tanks on site at this Indian Point power plant. They're also saying it's time to draw the line against using the Hudson as a dumping ground for tritium, which is a radioactive isotope found in wastewater. Ingestion of tritium is linked to cancer and children and pregnant women are the most vulnerable out of the population. When it was fully functional, this power plant was a behemoth in New York State. It was responsible for 2,000 megawatts of power, and it was located just 24 miles north of New York City. But it had a ton of numerous threats to the safety of the 19 million people who live in that New York City area. That's what officials have said. So they've shut it down at this point in time. And the best option they can think of is, well, we're just going to dump it right into the Hudson River in Hudson Valley. Yikes. Absolutely yikes. I mean, we, we think about the fact that we have nuclear power plants all around us, right? We, it's, it's one of the cleanest, most safe ways to provide electricity. But we don't think about the petroleum storage. We don't think about the spent fuel rods. We don't think about the water intake, the outflow, what it does to the entire infrastructure around us until things like this happen. Now, Holtec International has said that the best option that they had to minimize harm to everybody else was to do so. They did not have any better options. This was the the best way to do this. So uh, there is a New York State Senator, uh, Peter Harcum. He's a Democrat from the 40th Senate District. Now, he has put in a bill that prohibits the discharge of any radiological agent into any body of water located in New York State. Because he states that after decades of tremendous effort to clean up the Hudson River, the idea of anyone dumping radioactive water into this, the economic lifeblood of our region is simply outrageous. No person, corporation, or government has the right to recklessly pollute New York State's waters. And the mere idea that this is being contemplated is troubling. While the decommissioning of nuclear power plant is a complex issue, he says, there can be no rationale for releasing radioactive waste into the Hudson River. So this led me to kind of wonder. I've been to the Hudson Valley uh, before. I got friends that live up in that area. It is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful area. But I wanted to know, like New York City, where does their drinking water come from? Uh, is it coming from the, the Hudson River? What type of aquifers? And so I discovered New York City gets its drinking water from 19 reservoirs. There's three controlled lakes across 2,000 square miles, and that is located in portions of the Hudson Valley, the Catskill Mountains, and it goes as far as 125 miles north of the city. So the good news is for those places that are more than 24 miles north, this shouldn't be a huge problem because that water should not be tainted. But for everything downstream that's that's moving out of the Hudson into the larger bodies of water, that is an absolute nightmare problem because the water supply is coming from the Hudson Valley where this is going to be dumped on. Now, you would think that a story that could affect 19 million people in New York City would be front page of every news, but it's not. I had to find this story through a friend who sent it to me uh, from a Hudson Valley newspaper. It wasn't something that Holtec was getting published elsewhere. And it made me think about 
the dangers that are inherent around us. You've likely heard me talk about the Delaware City Refinery, which is not far from my own home. Well, the Delaware City Refinery routinely sets off illegal uh, flarings. And when I say illegal, I mean they're getting fined out the wazoo. But the fining for PBF energy is really nothing compared to what they're making at that refinery. But we're talking about some very dangerous chemicals that are being released. They, they've paid $950,000 for a violation so far. I think when we look back in like 2019, I don't know what they're up to now, but it's definitely over a million dollars. Uh, just about five days ago, they had repeated violations that were going into the air. No one sends up any type of signals to the residents nearby. We smell it like there was a day maybe a week and a half ago where I could smell like a sulfur outside while it was raining. It was very like overcast. It was a little bit uh, windy and it had just this uh, waste of what I would just say would be the Delaware City refinery smell. And as I'm smelling this, I'm like, well, it won't be long until I see the report from Denrec that says that they have a release going on. Are we thinking about what's happening around us in the air that we breathe, or are we giving people a free pass? DuPont. DuPont was another corporation here in the Delaware area that was one of the reasons why Delaware is one of the top five most dangerous states to live in when it comes to cancer rates. Now, they've made some strides in that over the past several years, but DuPont has also shut down most of their operations near uh, all the residential areas. But when DuPont was a big corporation, we saw cancer rates rise and rise. We see clusters of cancer all along the I-95 corridor from Florida straight on up through the Northeast. And the cancer clusters are related directly to the emissions of vehicles. Uh, we see that the industry along the waterways were putting waste and stuff. That's the same thing. I want to know why people don't talk about Fukushima, talk about the food that we're consuming, right? That was an active meltdown and put radioactive fish on the coast. But no one seems to think about whether or not there's salmon and stuff's coming from the Fukushima area, how much the Pacific Ocean has been radiated. When we do nuclear testing years ago or when Russia decides to test a nuclear bomb or any other uh, country, are they thinking about the nuclear fallout that's going to happen and how it's going to affect the ecosystem? These are all really extremely dangerous things that are affecting the air that we breathe every single day that I don't think the common person worries about too much. But the problem is this. At some point, it's like the arrogance of man. It's the arrogance that we kind of are like, you know, we know everything, but the, the more that we think we know, eventually i think it comes back to get us right it's these statements that like people are like well you know uh arrogance is like a balloon the more you inflate it the easier it is to pop well guess what when that balloon pops the arrogance and confidence that everybody has we're going to say well what did we do during the industrialization period in the world what did we do that have unintended consequences and I look at this the same way with vaccines. We're looking at ways now to put vaccines into salad, into lettuce, so you can eat your vaccine. Eventually, you're not going to have a choice to be vaccinated because these companies, which I think is completely evil to take people's choices away like this, these companies can now put the vaccine directly into your food supply, which then makes me wonder what other type of foods will people be putting 
medicines and different things to treat people in. We already have fluoride in our drinking water. That used to be a big talking point for people years ago about how, oh, look, they put fluoride in the water because they want to keep people dumb. They don't want people thinking too much. But there was some health effects that we had it, but largely we could go without the fluoride and still be okay to live our lives. Are we thinking about what is happening around us with the manufacturing plants that are all around? Certainly we've paid attention as trains have gone off the rails and exploded in towns or have had dangerous chemicals being leaked or there have been tractor trailers that have overturned and there's been industrial um, crises in neighborhoods because of what needs to get cleaned up. We seem really good thinking about it then, but we don't seem to think long term about, huh, we built this plant. It's going to continue and continue and continue to have radioactive waste. And now we got over a million gallons of radioactive water we got to get rid of. Let's just dump that into the Hudson. That sounds like a great plan. Well, I'm glad that I don't live in New York City, but I do have family that lives up there. So this makes me worry for them. It makes me worry in general just for the fact that we seem so short-sighted on our decisions. And I'm sure that, quite honestly, Holtec International, uh, I did some research on them because I wanted to make sure it wasn't like a WEF partner. They're not. Um, and this guy, Chris uh, Singh, Dr. Chris Singh, uh, he's a teacher down in Florida. They seem like this likely is the best option without causing some type of catastrophic uh, type of harm to other people. So I don't think that this is like this evil thing. Well, let's just dump it into the Hudson. So don't, don't, don't misrepresent my words here, but this is the hidden dangers that are all around us that no one really wants to acknowledge until all of a sudden we realize, wow, cancer rates are up. Birth rates are down. We have all these other issues of health going on. Which leads me to the skies above us. I've had a number of people that have sent me videos and photos all around the country of these grid-like contrails that are going through and they're going, are these chemtrails? And why don't people believe in chemtrails in the United States? In today's episode, I'm not going to try to tell you that uh, you know, this is exactly what's going on. I'm simply going to make a case that you're no longer going to call people that say the chemtrails are real conspiracy theorists. What I hope for is at the end of today's episode, you go, oh yeah, chemtrails are a thing and I should learn a little bit more about them. I shouldn't just say that, wow, look at this person's tinfoil hat. So we're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. I'm going to take you a little bit down a school of thought on chemtrails, things that I've noticed, as well as what governments have already told us exist, so people can stop saying, well, that doesn't exist. Well, your government already acknowledged it. So we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. 
introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here. Let's get straight into it. We're talking about chemtrails and whether or not they are real. This concept of a weather modification or dimming of the sun in order to control global warming. Is this a measure that's happening? And I would say we have definitive proof at this point that, yes, it is happening. For those people that for years have said it's a conspiracy theory, I believe that what we're seeing with our eyes and what we're hearing from scientists are now showing us that there are experiments that are happening. So much so that there's a company that Mexico has banned from their attempts at blocking the sun. Now, the concept at play here for uh, chemtrails is called solar geoengineering. All right. And it's what experts have stated. Uh, people that are studying it, it could be a powerful tool, they say, to fight climate change. But it also has major controversy because they're sending sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere. And so Mexico, as a country, banned a company called Make Sunsets just a few months ago. Now, where did this concept come from? Well, some people will point to June 15th in 1991 when Mount Pinatubu, Mount Pinatubo. There we go. I said it right. Located in the volcanic arc in the Philippines erupted. It sent ash like 28 miles into the sky. And it was the second largest volcanic eruption in the 20th century. Uh, this, they claim, cooled the entire earth by one degree Fahrenheit for the next 15 months. And so solar engineering experiments are based upon what they saw there or are they? We could look at the wars and we could find out that back during World War I and World War II, people are already having conversations about, can we control the weather using cloud seeding? That was a conversation that people wanted to know. Could the weather be modified as an issue of war? And there was a real uh, possibility back then that Russia was going to try to take control of the world's weather and would warm the uh, entire world around and cause major damage. Uh, there was a chemical uh, modification program that was conducted in the Vietnam War era called Operation Popeye. It was called Operation Sober Popeye was the full word. And it was a military cloud seeding project that the US Air Force 
took place during 1967 through 1972, and the idea was to extend the monsoon season over specific areas of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. This was in order to disrupt the North Vietnamese and give our forces a uh, advantage in the fight. They would soften road surfaces. They would cause landslides. And so the former U.S. Secretary of Defense, uh, McNamara, he was aware, aware that there were objections from the international scientific community about what they were doing, uh, but they went ahead with this Operation Popeye anyways. And we later saw that there were outlines that used lead iodide and silver iodide deployed by aircraft during that program that had been developed in China. And they had tested this over Okinawa, Guam, the Philippines, Texas, and Florida in a hurricane program called Project Storm Ferry. Now, Project Storm Ferry goes all the way back to a different time period of, I believe, 1962 to 83, where they were seeding with silver iodide to see what it would do to the hurricanes, which is kind of funny because I remember a president uh, just a few years ago when they were talking about hurricanes, it was like, well, couldn't we drop a nuclear bomb in the middle of it? Couldn't we do certain things to disrupt it? Uh, and it looks like we've had things from Project Baton, Project Storm Fury. You can look all these up, all these different seeding things in order to make hurricanes stronger or make them less strong for decades upon decades. So much so that when the Olympics came around, Beijing had a weather modification office. That's right. They were firing off. Uh, they employed 37,000 people when they did this. And this was national news, right? You can find this on CNN. You can find this on lots of your uh, global uh, world news sources here. So it's not just me. Uh, Insider had this. But they had a weather modification office and they cloud seeded to change the precipitation in Beijing by about one eighth in, during the 2004 Olympics. Now, nationwide, they say that their efforts added 210 cubic kilometers of rain between 95 and 2003. Now, they also uh, made rain to end droughts. They also induced precipitation for firefighting, for dust storms. So, what is so crazy about people right now looking up into the sky and saying, huh, that looks like chemtrails? Now, it does look like chemtrails because guess what? It likely is. It likely is chemtrails. It likely is weather modification by our country. We've been doing it since World War II. We were doing it successfully in Vietnam. China's been doing it highly successfully since the 1990s. We've studied this. And now there's a company that has the same idea as people like Bill Gates. They want to block out the sun. And this company, you can go to their website. Uh, they are called Make Sunsets. Now, Make Sunsets is the company I was just telling you, Mexico has blocked. They're no longer allowing them to do uh, what they had planned to do. But they're a private company. And on their website, it says, we launch clouds. They reflect the sun to cool the earth. And this will delay global warming so you have time to come up with the solution. 
It's been featured on CNN, The Guardian, Washington Post, New York Times, CNBC. All of them have uh, written up about Make Sunset. So you can find more on any of those resources. So they're making these high-altitude biodegradable clouds. Now, when I was flying to Aruba just about a year ago, it got to be a point where we got so high up into the atmosphere. We're about cruising, I think, about 38,000 feet. And I noticed something on the flight down. There was this deck in the stratosphere of clouds that was like a separate layer of clouds above us and then the clouds below us. And I had seen it just a year earlier when I was flying to Florida. And so it made me think, huh, I don't remember seeing this when I was flying before. So I paid attention on my flight home. Once again, there was in the stratosphere a layer of clouds and down below. So I started asking questions to pilots. Are you seeing this? And I was shocked to find out that when you talk to pilots, pilots normally tell you, Yes, we're seeing it, and it wasn't there before, and we think it's part of weather modification, cloud seeding, or it's part of global dimming. That is the phrase they use, global dimming. Now, the proper terminology for that's what I told you earlier. It's solar geoengineering. Well, lo and behold, this makes sunsets that's been launching this that Mexico says, you got to stop doing it. We're not going to allow it anymore. They are taking uh, what they call shiny clouds. And they're launching it into the stratosphere. And they say one gram of clouds offsets the warming that one ton of CO2 emissions creates for a year. And after two years, they say their clouds compost and settle back to Earth. What the hell are we doing with our arrogance right now? We are playing with danger. This is completely sci-fi launching sulfur into the atmosphere, creating a dangerous nanoparticles for people to breathe in down below. What about all the things on Earth that don't get a say in how they're affected? I was just watching a video earlier today, and it was bees. And the woman was so sad because she's a beekeeper and her bees were dying. And the reason they were dying is because they got exposed to pesticides. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the bees and the pesticides are above us. It's in our water. It's all around us in the air that we breathe and it's going to make us sick. There is nature for a reason. We are hacking nature because we believe that we figured out science and we believe that we are smarter than the science. Look no further than the key absolute moron idiot, Anthony Fauci, to understand that this is the attitude of the scientific community that they know what's going on. So if you're looking up at the sky and you see perfect east to west condensations going in lines and you see it going north to south, a grid, and then for the next two days, you notice it is completely cloudy, but there's no rain above you and it's different looking clouds. Or if you start seeing square clouds, rectangular clouds, things that don't normally happen naturally in nature, you should start to be concerned. You should start to look at these companies like Make Sunsets and what Bill Gates is supporting right now and say, wow, 
Maybe the conspiracy theorist got this right, too. I'm almost tired of having to say that on the show. I have a a listener. They said, I feel like I should drink every time you say conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist, because constantly I'm covering stuff that became true after people thought that it wouldn't be true. There are also lots of other firms that are working on climate. There's a balloon right now that Amazon uh, has purchased. It's a kind of a rogue experiment, they call it. It was set off in California with a few grams of sulfur, and then they lit it on fire, which resulted in a six-foot helium balloon uh, being released into the atmosphere of sulfur dioxide particles. And then that microscopically would cool the Earth. Now, MIT Technology Review said that this, you know, with the part that they were doing, it was just a pointless little stunt. Uh, To others, they felt that it was the first ever recorded act of stratospheric solar engineering, geoengineering. That's not true. The Make Sunsets has been going on for some time, and they want to come to the United States and use this because Mexico has kicked them out. They saw what they did in Mexico and how these clouds didn't dissipate for a while, and they said, you're not doing that here. We're making it illegal. Should the United States make this illegal as well? Well, it's going to be very difficult for them to do so when they're giving the green light to Bill Gates to take care of all public health needs, and Bill Gates' money is the one that's helping fund all of this information for geoengineering of our solar field to make sure the sun doesn't reach the ground. And what are we delaying anyway? Really, what are we doing? Now, I'll tell you, I went solar recently. I put these solar panels on top of my home, and I'm producing enough electricity at this point that I don't need the power company, except for the dirty little secret that they don't tell you. Unless you can get enough storage, then you have to send the electric back to the power company through their lines where they hold on to your credits until you need the electricity later and you can draw from it. And then you still don't have a bill, but they're giving you back your electricity. Well, if we're thinking about free market economics, the electric company had to pay for those lines. I didn't pay for them. So eventually you can expect that the electric companies are going to go, we're making less money now because everybody has solar. Look how green everybody is. So they're going to start charging a fee for you to have solar so you can use their lines to get the electricity when you need it back. It's a racketeer. We have not solved global warming. We have not solved making things better. That all stated, I love not having a bill, but I also think that until there is something better for storage, that we're just kicking the can down the road at this point for a problem that largely probably isn't as bad as people say that it is. Now, I'm not a climate denier. I think that um, if you're listening to this episode, I'm telling you that the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, right? This is all a danger to us around us because we are arrogant in our science and what we're doing. That has a real effect. But let me just be blunt. We are nothing compared to the natural disasters that can happen on this earth. We are nothing but a speck of dust compared to what the sun can choose to do to this planet at any given time. That is the true danger. A volcano that's a super volcano erupting that could send us off the planet, basically, getting rid of most of civilization, or a solar flare that completely cripples the entire world on the sun-facing side because there's no electricity for anybody to get anymore, and all the solar panels are completely burned out because they weren't in Faraday cages. 
these are the real threats to us as far as the long term. I'm not as concerned as global warming. If anything, we should know that at this point, studying the patterns, the Earth corrects itself. Mother Earth is going to correct for its citizens right now and make us pay someday in a way that only Mother Earth can adjust for. In the meantime, we're playing God. If you look up in the skies now and you see that, can we look up the fact that there are actually planes that have the nozzles? People have taken photos of this. A friend of mine just sent me a documentary and I started watching. I was like, wow, this is exactly what I've been studying for the past 15 years. I remember Art Bell on Coast to Coast used to talk about this type of stuff. And I used to listen in going, yeah, well, I've seen it too. And people go, oh, no, that's just the, the contrails. If you watch that documentary, you'll actually find out that many of these engines are not capable of putting out the contrails that people are saying that they're putting out, that the way they're designed, that doesn't happen. So that can leave us only one other thing. They are spraying something up in the atmosphere that is causing us to see what we see. So between radioactive water being dropped in the Hudson, planes spraying cloud seeding, and now sulfur, the blockout, uh, global and geoengineering of our solar rays, to what's in our food supply, whether it be vaccines being placed in there or they're going to start fortifying with some new type of experimental vitamin, which, by the way, those exist too. Look up magnesium. That's a neuromagnesium that was developed in China and how that can be used now. That's interesting too. It helps cross the blood-brain barrier. What I'm getting at is all these foods, everything around us, everything that we're consuming, you're not going to have a choice because we are arrogant people, but you can be aware of it and you can start to demand better. So for me, what can I do? Well, anytime I see that, you know, there's going to be something of harm, like what I'm seeing in New York City with what's going to happen in the Hudson, we can make people aware and help support that bill that this Democrat senator put in to block the release, find ways to store that water safely somewhere else before 19 million people are affected. I hope that I've honored your time well. Make sure you go over to the network page and help support the sponsors. And also, if you feel like giving a donation for this show, I don't ask that often, but on my webpage, americaembolden.com, you can go over there, you can buy me a cup of coffee. It's not much. It's something simple. Just if you appreciate the content that I'm putting out, I could use your support. Don't get a paycheck for any of this, but happy to take, a, you know, you buy me a, a small meal or whatever. Give me some encouragement. If you want to give me more, that's perfectly fine, too. And if you like the show enough, the rock, the gear, I've seen some people in America emboldened hoodies and T-shirts. I've even had a couple people send me their coffee mugs. It's pretty cool to see that stuff out there. And you can find all of that on the website as well. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we'll have a good time once again. That's it. That's all. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.